From Fred House Studios in Farmersville, California, it's Garbage Time Points with Mike. In California, I'm like a two. Alaska, though, I might be like an eight. And Rick. Let me get a t-shirt. Short, yeah. sweet, and slutty. <laughs> a Wizard Fart production. Uh, this is Manny Pacquiao. And now, here's Mike and Rick. Uh, no. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Garbage Time Points with Mike and Rick. I am Mike, man across the table from me, who just did like the prom queen wave right now. That's uh, Rick. How you doing, Rick? I'm doing good, Mike. How are you? I'm doing super. It's only like 88 degrees outside right now. Yeah. So like, it's not bad. Window down. Yeah. Driving. Yeah. It wasn't bad? No. Got a little case of the scratchy throat, though, so we'll see how that holds up uh, for the I show. I that scratchy throat. Slept with the window I open last night, woke up, and just like, eh, yeah. That's, what, that's my go-to. <laughs> you were not the oval. That's my go-to. <laughs> sleep, with the, sleep with the window open. And, uh, of course, over Take there the uh, in front of the monitors looking at his TMZ Sports, Fredo. How you doing, Fredo? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing, Mike? Doing, doing good, you know, since uh, Rick just asked me. <laughs> Still doing good since then. <laughs> Everybody have a good weekend? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, we had a good weekend. A hot weekend, yeah. We all got together at a friend's house, played some horseshoes, had a couple uh, uh, beverages. Of the adult. Yeah, and just, you know, had a nice little weekend, even though it was still kind of hot. The Chubby Moose has never showed up, huh? Nope, Chubby Moose mm. never showed up, but I did I did get an apology about that. Ah. And uh, so, <laughs> all, all is forgiven. I told him, no big deal, you know, it's it's, it's all good. Um, we partook in some cookie uh, before that, so I told him, you know what, I wouldn't have been able to handle the Chubby Moose at that time, but uh, that, that cookie got me, so. Cookie, cookie. Yeah, that cookie. Cookie! If you don't know about the cookie, yet, you know, find out. You have that all the time. You don't have it ready when you find out. <laughs> <No. good. laughs> and you always ask, can I play it? And that one sounded like Cookie Monster just woke up. <laughs> cookie! Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at GTP Mike and Rick, at Michael double underscore Gaspar, at Richard underscore Reposa, and at Half Zero. Or look for us on Facebook, just search Garbage Time Points. Also, look for us on iTunes, Fred. Did we ever get that issue resolved? Uh, iTunes, yes. Okay, so we are back on iTunes apparently now. So if you need to listen to us there, uh, I was told that it was not Mike who had said something about us not being on iTunes. And I apologize for that. And I apologize again. I'm sorry that I uh, called you out on that. Because we can't afford to lose you. Because if we lose you, we'd have like five listeners and one less uh, contributor to the show. So uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. There it is. That's what we needed. <laughs> All right, hey, we're just we're just gonna get to the jump straight into things. Look, I want to get to uh, uh, the Pod Express here in here in a, in a few minutes. We're gonna talk some wrestling. Uh, this is gonna be probably a wrestling heavy show. I'm thinking. So <laughs> Click. If you, I'm, you, I'm just telling you that now. Uh, we got to this point. If you just listen to the first, uh, what is it about? Three and a half minutes of the show, thank you very much. Mm. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, once we talk about what we kind of saw during uh, preseason football, the quick hits, uh, Rick being cute and all that stuff, mm. um, yeah, we're going to jump into that because uh, there was an incident involving uh, Mike from the Pod Express that we just have to get to, man. It's way too good. Uh, we, we saw the thing unfold on Twitter, and yeah. we just have to talk to him because he talked about it on his show last week as it happened. 
and uh, him, and, you know, him and Joe were just recording the show when everything popped off. If you listen to the show, you can hear his iPad going crazy with the uh, with responses from people with this exchange between him and Baron Corbin. But we will get into that here in a little bit because it's it, it's just too good. I mean, it's actually if if you're actually interested in some like kind of juicy gossip, yeah. kind of like just you don't even have to be a wrestling fan yeah. to appreciate what happened here. Yeah, to think that Mike had anything to do with. Uh, Baron Corbin's reign as Money in the Bank holder. Way to give it away before we get to him, Rick. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, we'll find out about that when we talk to him later. And then Rick's just like, no, here's the ending. Oh. <laughs> well, well, let's, let's redo this. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Go to the 30-minute mark, and then that's when we'll yeah. nah, I'm just, I'm just fucking with him. Yeah, basically that's what happened. Mike potentially played a huge role in the direction of the WWE, and that is just crazy. Yeah. And uh, aside from him talking about it on his show, we're the first ones that get to talk to him about it. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what's up with that. But uh, Should be interesting. Yes, very interesting because, you know, we I, we have some stuff to say to him, and he, he definitely has some stuff to say about that. But um, preseason football started off uh, this past week. What, what kind of stood out to you uh, with all that, Rick? I mean, it... it there's not. There's a lot to choose from. I mean, we can watch every single game and pick a thing here and there. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about it before the show, and we're 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 basically on the same wavelength here. It, you know, like for me, like I didn't watch it going into like have any reactions of anything. I just went into it to just kind of see guys on the field, see how they maybe have been used. Um, just kind of. I mean, they're, they're going at not necessarily half speed, but it's a very vanilla defense offense. So you just want to see if they're capable of just. Looking like an NFL player in that first preseason game, like if for me, if they can't do that, there's a lot of red flags just off that one. But like if if you can't do it against these guys in that kind of style, that's where the red flag goes. I didn't see a lot of red flags, so there was that. But you know, you had you had the quarterbacks. You had Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky from Chicago. You had Deshaun Watson out of Houston. You had uh, Pat Mahomes for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. And then you had uh, Deshaun Kaiser with Cleveland Browns. All I mean, they didn't put up these stellar numbers, but they all looked very capable in the situations that they were put into. The point where you're like, okay, like maybe we have something moving forward with all four of these guys. Con- considering the reputation that this uh, draft had for quarterbacks before it happened, after it happened, people talking about where they went, trading up, whatnot, especially with Trubisky, uh, the Bears doing that move with the Niners that was turned out to be unnecessary. Mm-hmm. People were kind of trashing this quarterback class, that there was nothing there. There was nothing worth moving up for. Yeah. And just to see them do that in the preseason, first game, uh, all of them have their question marks to them. I think that's what got people excited uh, yeah. for them. Uh, fantasy-wise, I think if we're looking at it, maybe maybe Deshaun Watson out of, out of that that, uh, that little quad right there. What do you call yeah. it? Quadruplet? Yeah. Or something, whatever. I, I wanted to say trio because that's the only word I think I know. Yeah. Uh, and do uh, okay, and I know too. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think the only, he's probably the only one who has uh, some type of fantasy value, but I don't. you wouldn't take any of them in a draft. You know, they're, they're kind of like you pick them up. On waivers. On waivers. Later, later on, you, you wouldn't yeah. pick up and hold to them. But, but, you know, that being said, they looked good. Yeah. All four of them looked really, really yeah, good. Yeah, they looked mature. They. They stood in the pocket. They stepped up. and They made the throws that they need to have. They they need, needed to make, and then they led the teams down the field when they needed to lead. Made scoring type, you know, scoring drives. Few interceptions. There was a couple bad plays, of course, but for the most part, there was a lot of good stuff on film to where you each fan base 
could look forward to, hey, like maybe we do have something. Like I said, I really – like I – you know I was high on Watson. I thought he was going to be the number one mm-hmm. player overall. Even like going through, he could have still have been like, yeah, you have Miles Garrett, but he has a lot of those tools that you want in a quarterback. And I think that Tom Savage is like, yeah, I might be starting the season by week three, week four, like maybe even shorter than that, like halfway through week two. If he's if that offense is stalling, same, same, same. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to be wanting, they're going to be clamoring because they are a playoff team. They took the Patriots to the brink last year. It was it was a lot closer than the final score suggests. They're a quarterback away. That defense is nasty. They have skill guys all over the place. They're a quarterback away. Yeah. So that team, that franchise right now is licking their you know they're licking their chops at like okay like let's get to week four and we'll get Watson in let him let him get comfortable because the first reports was O'Brien was a little down on him. All of a sudden, boom, he came into training camp. He was a totally different, had a grasp of everything, and he mm-hmm. was like, man, like, he's a far and beyond any rookie I've ever yeah. I mean, we know his rookie rack mm-hmm. record as far as, like, he doesn't have any, like, first-round draft picks that he's coached, but he still is really, yeah. really, like, he, the kid's yeah. impressive. And, and Hugh Jackson had come out and already thrown water on the whole Deshaun Kaiser fire that started afterwards. Uh, he has him listed third in their depth chart, and he, mm-hmm. has, he has Brock Osweiler at uh, Atop of it right He's now. Trolling. I don't think that's going to last. No. I think Cody Kessler ends up starting the season. But, uh, you know, to say he's not ready for this and he knows it, you know, that, that, that tells you everything you need to know right there. Because he's kind of a straight shooter. And I know we just called him on his shit for, you know, having Brock Osweiler at the top. But the guy's making, uh, what is it, like $17, 15000000 million yeah. this year. He kind of has to be at the top right now. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't mean he has to start because uh, it's all dead money if they decide to cut him. But they, they want to see what they have. Yeah, they basically played for the second round pick. Yeah. He's just whatever. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he came out and put something on that. Pat Mahomes obviously isn't going to start. Uh, because he's sitting behind Alex Smith, but he could potentially start next year if they if the you know they stall honestly, again. Honestly, though, honestly, like if they're not pushing the ball down the field mm-hmm. halfway, like if they're in week you know if they're in week ten, week eleven, and they're mm-hmm. right on the cusp, they're they're you know a game above five hundred, two games, and that offense oh, yeah. is kind they of flat. Start playing. They they definitely are in a position where. They feel that they're good enough to win it all. Win it right and now. And if he's not doing it for them, they need somebody who's willing to push the ball. But it was a good sign that first play from scrimmage, Chiefs come out against the 49ers, hit Tyreek for 40 yards down the yeah. uh, the right hash. It wasn't a, a, a little dump and Tyreek going yeah. for 40. It was they pushed the ball. He put a little uh, a little move on him and went. And uh, so, yeah, that's a good sign for them. We'll see what happens. And they made yeah. sure that, you know, the rest of the way down. But the thing is, is now once we get into the regular season and you see those ghost defenses, is Alex Smith going to be gunshot yeah. and pull the ball back? Because, and that's how he's always been. Because Mahomes showed that he'll he'll throw the ball mm-hmm. down the field and he's got the arm to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, the difference of like, okay, like are we just going to be another – make the playoffs and get out in the wild card? Maybe win the first round, get bounced the next round. Like we're not going to go anywhere with Alex Smith, or are we just going to say fuck it and just throw Mahomes in there? And I really think by week eight to ten, he could be starting. If, yeah. If if you know that offense is sputtering. Yeah. If they're doing their thing, they're going to obviously just say fuck it. Let's see what we could do. But yeah. So the quarterbacks had a good showing. The running backs. Uh, I, I mean, I was most impressed with Joe Williams. Uh, at the end of the day, he came in and busted off a couple of uh, 17-yard runs. He was running mad because for some reason they had him running behind this uh, undrafted rookie free agent, Brita, 
or yeah. whatever for the 49ers. I'm not quite sure what happened there, but uh, he looked good for a run, and then he just slowed down after that. But then Joe Williams came in, looked mad because that happened to him, and... You know, went went seven for sixty. I mean, there was even one where it was a toss because he was already looking at, ahead of his box, dropped the ball which he shouldn't be doing, picked it up and ran it for like fifteen yards off the other side, just outran the whole entire defense. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know what's weird to me? Leonard Fournette looked small. Well, yeah, you got a lot of big men in. I there, know, like, but Dalvin Cook looked big. To me, Dalvin mm. Cook looked like the bigger running back. Well, Dalvin Cook was always short and stocky. Yeah, but, but I'm saying he looked like the he looked the, the short and stocky yeah, the part. running back. Yeah, he looked better to me than uh, Fournette. I know Fournette had the touchdown and everything, but just from what we saw with Cook out of the backfield, I think that's what's going to make him a more valuable asset. Uh, you know, especially for fantasy uh, purposes. I, I doesn't mean that I don't like Fournette still. But I, I think Fournette's a downhill runner. Like, yeah. He has the wiggle for college, but he's going to be, he has the size and speed to just either run over somebody, give somebody that move. He's always going to fall forward. He might not have that yards per carry in the NFL because he's not going to be able to break on the outside. And obviously, again, he doesn't have that second level wiggle, mm-hmm. but he does have enough to give you four, 4.2 yards of carry, you know, something like that. Just, give you 1,200 yards because you're giving it to him all the time in 12 touchdowns. Like yeah. He's going to be that guy. He's going to be a volume guy. McCaffrey looked good as well. I mean, I, I that, he's he's my number two. You got Mixon and McCaffrey. Like, mm-hmm. If you're in a PPR league, McCaffrey has to be your guy. I'm kind of worried about Joe Mixon this year. I'm, I'm really you know pushing him on people and, and telling them, like, hey, you need to take Joe Mixon before you think about taking any other running back. But now looking at the whole, the whole situation, it could be a Jimmy uh, – Jimmy, Jimmy. Jeremy Hill year, uh, just because Marvin Lewis is weird, man. He likes to to, See, to bring this, these this, these this kids is, along this slowly. Is, no, this is my thing. Jeremy Hill has proven he can't be the every down back. Mm-hmm. He is a change of pace back. He is a goal line back. He is the best goal line back in the league right now. He has more touchdowns inside the ten than anybody. Better than Legarrette Blount. Yeah, well, Legarrette Blount had that year last year. So, mm-hmm. but I think he even then because he still. He's been doing it for over a three-year period. So mm-hmm. last year he did, but over a three-year period, Jeremy Hill, since he's been in the league, has more touchdowns than anybody else mm-hmm. as far as in between the uh, – in, inside the 10. Mm-hmm. So they're going to use him that way. Like, Mixon's going to lose his touchdowns. Yeah. But Jeremy Hill's not going to be there forever. Yeah. He's going to move on. And you're talking Dynasty League. If you're talking redraft, I'm taking McCaffrey. McCaffrey – over any of these guys because yeah. McCaffrey is going to get 60 receptions and he's going to rush for, you know, 800 yards and he's going to get a ton of, re- you know, receiving yards and he's going to get touchdowns because he's going to break. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just what he's going to. He's a stud. Yeah, so the running backs look good. We didn't really see much from Kareem Hunt, so that was a little disappointing. I, w- I was disappointed in that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as it goes along, they have bigger plans for him, so I'm not really worried about him. Yeah. Wide receivers, not much going on with him as- aside from Kenny Galladay, who really uh, – Stood out. He had like three catches, 50, uh, 53 yards, two touchdowns. And so he looked good. But Corey Davis out with an injury. John Ross slowly bringing, uh, brought along. Juju Smith-Schuster, I think she, he actually got hurt uh, this past week. Zay Jones, he's going to be... Zay Jones is now the number be, one. Well, yeah, he's going to be jumping up because, I mean, he... 94 spark percentile, 6'2", 200. Mm-hmm. Uh, set college football records for receptions, yards. I mean... The kid's a stud, so yeah, he's, he's going to be jumping up the draft boards. Yeah, so now we look forward to week two, 
and uh, you know the the people that'll be uh, starters for the most part, and you know coming in on third down situations, they start to get a little bit more play. So they get a little bit more time together, start to gel. So we'll have a better idea of how things are starting to shake out. You get two, three, two or three drives out of the offense yeah. in this one, and then the game three they'll play into you know into some the, for, into the second half. Yeah. Some of them, but most of them the first yeah. half. So you know, just a couple of things to look forward to on that. A couple of names to look out for. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes in, in uh, week two. Uh, Rick, do you have any quick hits for us? Uh, just a couple. Yeah, let's see what you got. It's because you know it's kind of it's kind of a slow time. That's why we're we're, we're willing to talk a lot of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Elliot, you know him, Zeke Elliot, mm-hmm, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, Elliot, Elliot Gould, <laughs> Elliot Gould. Yes, him too. Hmm. Um, he's going to be suspended for six games. Mm. He just put out his appeal today, though. He just said his, uh, you know, he just uh, had his appeal put out. And when did we find out when it was? Is it on the twenty sixth? That what oh, you said? I mean, yeah, I think it was like the twenty sixth, twenty eighth, or something like that. Oh, okay, okay. That too. Um, Juan Carlos Stanton, his six game uh, home run streak was snapped tonight. Uh, he actually was put on waivers, so he could be traded. Yeah, he cleared waivers. He cleared waivers. Yeah, he cleared waivers, and so now he's four, eligible and to be traded. there's four teams looking for his service. Mayweather versus McGregor. They will use 8-ounce gloves. Stupid. So dumb. I don't understand. And in Florida, a Miami lawyer caught Lyon accused of arson. <laughs> what? <laughs> My finger slipped. That's what Fredo said. All right. Hey. Before we get to uh, uh, the guys from the Pot Express, I feel that before we get into the serious talk, because it's going to be some serious talk. Uh-oh. I think we need something cute to lighten the mood. <laughs> Rick, do you have something cute for us? Oh, you know I got something cute. Oh, I, you need to give us something cute right now. Are you talking about the animal facts or my face? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, when a giraffe, you know, we all love giraffes, right? Yeah, everybody loves giraffes. Cute. I mean, if you don't love a giraffe. The Toys R Us, uh, Jeffrey the giraffe. Yeah. Yeah. So, when they're giraffes, are, when, when mama giraffes are ready to give birth, she'll actually return to the place she was born to give birth to her baby. Aww. Aww. <laughs> An average height. The average height that the baby giraffe falls is three feet when it's born. How did you know that, first of all? Because I'm smart. Did, is, that a, is that a fact? Smart at animal birth? Is it or is it fake news? I don't know, but, but it, sounds, it sounds legit. <laughs> Doesn't it? It, it takes a baby giraffe an hour for it to learn how to walk. Okay, now I know you're lying about that one. <laughs> no, it does. Where do you get all these weird ad- these weird giraffe I just facts? Them, right? Fredo's facts. <laughs> uh, oh, did you see uh, before we went on tonight? Uh, the Red Sox had their first pitch. 
Who was that? I don't know who he is. Yeah, he looked like an actual pitcher. <laughs> he, he looked like he was going to be like a good pitcher. Yeah, you know? but like, he didn't throw like a good yeah. pitcher. So he threw it. Uh, if, if you can try to look up the Red Sox first pitch tonight, it's going to yeah. be everywhere. Yeah, he, throws it's everywhere. A, he throws it a little while to the right and uh, hits the camera guy right in the groinage. Yeah. Yeah. Man gets hit and groin by first pitch. <laughs> there it is. Pops up. That's all you had to do was Red Sox first pitch, and uh, it's gonna come up and show you. Let's, in. Get, let's get Fredo's reaction. Have a live reaction. There's the catcher. Oh, she is doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Bad. I mean, he hit him squat on the nuts. Squat. <laughs> I mean, dude, did you see every? How many people like covered their mouth like? Oh! Yeah. And how does he not see it? Is my thing. Like, how does he not see this thing coming towards his dude, balls? That's like all the way in the back. Yeah. When we were coming on, whenever I almost started laughing over the. It's because you saw it for the first time. No, right no, then? no, no. I saw the picture of the picture the, the guy. I saw the picture of of what the guy took like. The guy mm-hmm. who got hit in the nuts. The Why picture. are you holding your hands like that? I don't know. <laughs> the guy who took the picture, the picture that he took. So the ball was oh. coming. So the ball was coming in like. Oh. <laughs> so the picture that he took as the ball was coming in, that was the picture. Oh, and I started. Man. Like I almost lost it. That's great. <laughs> I, I like how this kid like takes a stance like an actual picture. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I thought he was an actual picture. Like he looked like he could. <laughs> That's so good. Like you yeah. can't even do it on purpose. Yeah. No, there's no way you do that on purpose. <laughs> like that, it's just the hook. Like it wasn't even a straight line. Like I had that hook to yeah. it and everything. Like it was amazing. Man. <laughs> and the fact that he was wearing a pink shirt, like, does that make yeah. it better? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm kind of numb to people use, uh, wearing pink shirts, so it's just and a pink shirt. Like the fact that it is a pink, like a pink shirt wearing guy. Like, Rick, pink lives matter. All right, hey. uh <laughs> I'll give him a call. All right. It made it better for me. Yeah. It made it better for me. We're going to bring in the guys from the Pod Express right now, and uh, we're going to get – because you guys need to hear this, man. This is It's it's a beautiful story. It really is. I'm kind of glad that it happened. (laughs) He's getting a lot of pub right now. Yeah, definitely. Ooh, Joe's first. All right. Who's on with us first? We got Joe with us. Yeah, I'm here. All right. So we're just still waiting for Mike. Uh, I'm not sure what's taking that guy so long, but uh, I guess I'll just go ahead and introduce uh, both. Well, he just came in right now, so let's get this thing started. Uh, now joining us, as you can tell with this uh, awkward beginning, the voices of the the Podcast <laughs> Express. Uh, we got Joe, and uh, also, this is big news. We have that loser that you might have seen at an indie show at your local high school gym, uh, Mike. So uh, you can follow them on Twitter, at the Pod Express, at Joe Gilbert 1992 and uh, at GetUpMike. So right off the bat, we have to start with this. Um, how's your day going, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's been a pretty fun day. Uh, so... A long time ago, Rick had put me on to this guy named uh, Scott Sudikoff. He's a broadcaster there in uh, the New England sports area. Uh-huh. And he uh, let me know that I had made the dirt sheets. And I was like, what are you talking about? He sent me a link. I guess I made uh, pwmania.com um, based off of a Twitter exchange I had last night with uh, with Dave Meltzer. So 
whenever Baron Corbin failed to cash in his money in the bank uh, last night on SmackDown, and uh, he got rolled up in like two seconds from uh, Jinder Mahal and lost his uh, money in the bank, <clears throat> I took credit for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because of a because of a Twitter war I had uh, last week with Baron Corbin. Um, so and then Dave responded back to me and said, "Believe me, yeah, you pulling the military card did him no favors." So, um, so can basically, kinda, what happened was. But can you yeah, kind of uh, tell them from the beginning how this thing started? Because I, I, we were we were trying to explain it at the beginning, and the whole the whole story as a whole, it it's just a beautiful story the way that it all kind of rounded yeah. out. You know, I so, love the fact that yeah. we witnessed it literally happening. Yeah, we saw it happening like, yeah. on there. Uh, <laughs> We didn't know it would get to this, but just how, just a brief little rundown from the beginning, the exchange, and uh, what people were uh, were saying to you and, and until today. Like we just need, they need to hear this because this is too good. <laughs> so uh, last week, um, one of the wrestling dirt sheets uh, posted uh, something that Dave Meltzer had said about Baron Corbin, where um, Dave Meltzer basically said he sucked, and that the only reason he's where he's at is because Vince McMahon has a fetish for tall guys. So Baron res- Baron responded. Um, he goes, you know, what, what do you even know? You've never been in the ring. You've never cut a promo. You've never done this. You've never done that. And then, so me being the asshole that I am not thinking in a million fucking years that this guy would ever respond to me. I said, uh, uncle Dave, that's what I call Dave Meltzer. Uncle Dave will be as, is more respected in the wrestling business than you ever will be. Uh-huh. And, uh, he did not take too kindly to that. He said, respected by who? Losers like you with a profile pic in a high school indie wrestling show? Yeah. And uh, so I responded back to him. I said, uh, I went, dude, I went for the military card immediately. I said, fuck yeah. this, I'm at war. So I, uh, <laughs> so I first, at first I said, um, I'm, a, I'm a 14-year Air Force vet. I'm married. I'm a homeowner. And I'm the current NCO of the year. So what makes me a loser? And he did not respond. And I was still looking for a fight. So then <laughs> I responded again with a picture that I took whenever I was deployed uh, about a year and a half ago when uh, Vince McMahon and Big Show and R-Truth came to Afghanistan and took a picture with us. And I re- responded back to him. I posted that picture. I said, well, when I met Vince last year in Afghanistan, he didn't think I was a loser. So what makes me a loser? And then, <laughs> and then he responded back to me. And he said, uh, he said, oh, my bad. Uh, you've definitely done some good things, but I don't care for your opinion. Uh, something to that effect. And Twitter went fucking apeshit. <laughs> so so my favorite tweet that, uh, that somebody said, I, honestly, I, I don't know. I, I ended up um, deleting the picture, deleting that tweet, because my phone was just blowing up all night. And it started to get annoying. So I just deleted the damn tweet in hopes that it would just go away. My... <laughs> My favorite tweet, though, was uh, when someone said, damn, if you backpedal any faster, you'll get abs. <laughs> and, and there was a, a bunch going around, and people screenshotted it, and they were doing memes, and it was going all over the internet, and which led into um, our show last week, and um, which has done over 200 downloads, which is crazy, yeah, because cool. we just started the damn thing. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's thanks to the Twitter the Twitter war, and my response, and then uh, <laughs> some of the dirt sheets uh, picking up the story. But um, It was it yeah, was pretty awesome I, that uh, this was all going on as you're recording the show, and if, and if uh, yeah. unless he's just the greatest actor in the world, Joe just found out about that while you guys are recording, because you had told him to go <laughs> look at your Twitter page, 
And uh, his reaction was great. I mean, like, what what else can he do to that besides just laugh? I mean, that's way too that's way too much, man, to have to uh, to take in all at once. I could I I was I was laughing myself just back from afar. Just I was going every other five minutes and just checking to see who else was saying something. To him. He he was getting tweet. I was getting tweets like every second, and they were all going to him. Um, and then some, you know, some uh, army guy said, "Oh, that's so lame to use your military card." And blah blah, just taking it way too seriously. Yeah. And uh, so some other somebody else called me a pussy. I think somebody else told somebody told me to kill myself, uh, which I have not done. <laughs> it's it's pro wrestling. It's not that serious. Uh, so I, I ended up deleting the tweet just because I was sick and tired of my phone. Uh, I shut off all the notifications, and then I realized I couldn't even get back onto Twitter the rest of the night without, you know, something else popping up every second. Because uh, I'm not kidding, uh, it was like over a thousand tweets before I, before I deleted the damn thing. And uh, and I'm st- dude, I'm still getting tweets from that Twitter exchange. I'm still getting them today with people liking them and responding to them. Yeah. Um, some guy who doesn't speak English, uh, he in some kind of broken English said that. He's happy that soldiers experience trauma in war because he loves Baron Corbin. Something to that effect. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, wow. I saw that one. Yeah. Like, Damn. Damn, man. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so it just it just kind of snowballed out from there. But for the most part, it was all mostly positive saying, you know, suck it, Baron Corbin. Uh, <laughs> uh, I even got some private messages. Uh, a guy that runs the um, Mid-South Wrestling Twitter account, he uh, sent me a private message and uh Said awesome way to stick it to Baron Corbin and things like that. And then I, I got a lot of you know, I got a lot of thank you for your service. And I'm just like, oh my god, this is so fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, you wanted like, to be that yeah. guy. Hey, uh, God, um, hey, God bless and uh, support the truth. But um, you know that was kind of fucked up pulling that military card out of the like. Yeah, you do so know that. I I thought about it immediately afterwards. Like, oh fuck, that was bad. I, I was like, he probably won't respond. So, like you so said, you were looking I, for I a fight, it, though. I explained it on the show last week. The reason I did it was to prove that I wasn't a loser, right? Because <laughs> guys like Baron Corbin, who've never worked the independent scene, who basically got into WWE on their first try, they never had to work a match outside of the WWE. Uh, they tend to snub their nose at indie wrestlers and indie wrestling fans. And then they they seem to put us all in the same bucket that we're like these middle-aged guys masturbating in a grandma's basement. So I like had to prove to him that I wasn't – that not all indie wrestling fans are like that. So that was my thought process. And then when I sent it to him, I was like, oh, you know what? I just pulled a fucking military card, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, and now he kind of has to be nice to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, which – so I would not have done that had he not called me a loser. If he would have called me an asshole, which he rightly would have been able to do because I was picking a fight on Twitter with a guy I don't even know, yeah. uh, I, I would have responded, yeah, you, you got me on that one. Or, or if he called me a douchebag or something like that. But he called yeah. me a loser, and uh, he has gotten the rap that he's very disrespectful to fans, and he snubs his nose at wrestling fans. So I had to kind of take up for, you know, my fellow nerds, you know, yeah. and I didn't. I won. What are you going to do? Because the military card, I think the milita- military card is good for if you want a better seat on an airplane or maybe yeah. a seat at a, at, a, at a restaurant or maybe an extra piece of pie from the waitress. But Or 10% discount, as you said. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, no, I'm going to the other stuff. I'm thinking about food and a better seat. Um, right. But... 
you took it the extra mile, and uh, I mean, you you basically cashed in the money in the bank, is the way I'm looking at it. You <laughs> you cashed in. You handed that to the referee. You said, "Ring the bell," <laughs> and it, and it went from there. But the thing that that I watching that as it happened to kind of move away from that and move on, because I mean, I, you anybody else? You, I know you're going to talk about this on your show tomorrow. You're going to get more into detail oh, yeah. about it. So we'll kind of let you uh, save the rest of those. Uh, Gems for tomorrow because uh, you know I can't wait to hear all that shit that went on, man. But uh, am I the only one who's getting a feeling from this thing that he's going to end up getting that money in the bank briefcase back? Because at the end of the show, it didn't really look like his shoulder was down, and that's such a WWE thing to do to go back and review the tapes and hand it back to somebody who wasn't pinned. Yeah, you uh, know, I, I I think that's a very good point, and. I, I don't know if they go that way, but if they do, I would be okay with it. As long as he doesn't have the Money in the Bank briefcase for SummerSlam, because I was worried they were going to use that for just a cheap finish for the Nakamura uh, match coming up at SummerSlam. So if they want to come back and give it back to him later next week or something, I, I'd be okay with it, just as long as we're avoiding a cheap finish at SummerSlam. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's best, but... I just hope that because they have a two-hour pre-show, man, and my worry is, is that they're going to give it to them on that two-hour pre-show and be like, you know what, we messed up. Here's your uh, your your money in the ba- uh, bank briefcase back, and that would just be terrible. I would be worried the whole rest of the pay-per-view that he was going to take his thinning hair down there and cash it in. Whoa, 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 whoa! You don't have to make fun of the guy's hair. Come on, uh, well, your receding hair. Well, well, I can't call a guy fat. I'm fat, you know. People were already (laughs) talking about his body, so it's like I have a decent head of hair, so I can make fun of his hair. Yeah, you got me on that one. (laughs) You know, um, he's got he's got a lot of heat for a lot of reasons. And on uh, the Wrestling Observer radio show today, uh, Wrestling Observer Live, Brian Alvarez uh, basically stated as such and saying that it has a it's he has a wide ranging um, reasons of why he has heat in the locker room. And I guess he had just blown up at some of the uh, the staff and some of the writers and stuff like that. So the guy is just kind of full of his own shit. Uh, I, I think they did it for a reason. They embarrassed the guy. I don't see him giving him back. Although I, I read an article on Forbes today, which is so weird that Forbes is writing about wrestling, but <laughs> saying uh, like some like the top five reasons of why he's going to get his money in the bank back. But I, I just don't see that happening. Did you? Okay, this I, I want the truth here. Uh, did you Google Baron Corbin after all this went down? To see where your name would end up? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, you read an article off of Forbes. Dirt sheets, I was like, what? So I Googled uh, Baron Corbin Heat, right? And, and pops up, uh, like Forbes Magazine pops up. I was like, I didn't know Forbes wrote about wrestling. So I clicked on that article. And then uh, I had to scroll down. And I think actually I had to go to the next page on Google. And... Uh, uh, it was nodq.com was the one that I saw it from uh, that I found. And then I went back to Twitter, and Scott had uh, responded, and he sent them to PW Mania. I had never been to those websites before. I only go to a couple of so. I mean, that's that's just great right there. <laughs> He's Googling himself, basically. <laughs> All right. Uh, before, be, be, yeah. Okay, before we jump into SummerSlam, there's a lot to talk about there. Uh, I just want to give you guys a fun fact. I came ac- uh, across this today. And, uh, yeah, fact. Sorry, fucking uh, English patient over here. All right, listen. In the in this age of uh, uh, trading, finishing moves and kicking out of them, did you guys know that the Razor's Edge was never kicked out of? 
Wow. I did not. Yeah, I did I, not know I that. I did not. Yeah, it's now, uh, are, are we talking both WCW and WWF? We're talking everything. Any, anywhere he's wow. ever been, he's re, he's refused because I I saw it and I was like, "There's no way." And I went and did a little research on it. Uh, he refused to to do the match. Uh, I mean, sorry, to do the move in a match where he knew he was going to lose. So he just wow. you know he didn't want to make it look weak. I think that's that's awesome, and they should start doing stuff awesome. like that. Uh, I yeah, got, you know. Scott Hall was well known for um, protecting finishes. He would, him and some of the other guys in the locker room back in the mid '90s, they would actually go after other wrestlers if they kicked out of another guy's finish. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of a part of the whole deal. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I didn't know that nobody kicked out of his finish, but I did know that no one's ever kicked out of the 3D uh, from the Dudley Boys. But I, well, I did not know that about. But Scott see, Hall. they did. Uh, somebody did kick out of that. I think it was Perry Saturn, but that was an ECW. That didn't happen in uh, WWE. Uh, but mm-hmm. Yeah, those weren't those weren't like the Dudley Boy Dudley Boys. Yeah, but here's another here was another interesting one, and I thought this was this was strange. It, it only got kicked out of once, and I I cannot believe this. Santino Morella's Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a deadly finishing hole. Yeah, it was. Cobras are very no. venomous. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, I think you know who I think would kick out of the Cobra. Uh, if Santino Morella did the Cobra to Joey Ryan's dick, oh, damn it. beat me to it. <laughs> what, that would be. That damn would it! Be I had effort. Joey Ryan's dick on my mind too. <laughs> so glad I'm not the only one thinking about Joey Ryan's dick. No, that I, makes the quad of us. Think about it a lot. <laughs> we were all trying to ding in with that. <laughs> all right. Big weekend for wrestling. Uh, we won't get into to NXT because, to tell you the truth, I haven't been paying attention to it, even though there's some good matches going on in there. And you guys can talk about that in your show, and I'll listen in and uh, enjoy that. So we're just going to go jump straight into SummerSlam this Sunday. It's six fucking hours of fun if you have the time to enjoy it. Uh, man, I don't know how that's going to happen, but I'm going to try to do it. But, man, six hours is a lot, and you're gonna feel, your ass is going to feel that one. Uh, at the end of the night, I'll tell you that right now. But are we still talking about Joey Ryan's dick here? <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Joe! That was good. Uh, how do we sw- how do we swerve away from Joey Ryan's dick? It's, all- <laughs> it's just on the brain now, man. All right, and okay. Uh, pre-show, uh, we have Joey Ryan's dick. Oh shit! <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, up on the pre-show, we have uh, so far, as it seems, two pre-show uh, matches, which I think both of those matches should be on the uh, the main show. But uh, first up is the Usos versus the New Day. Uh, Joe, how do you how do you see that one working out? And uh, I mean, are you even looking forward to it? Honestly, man, I'm not looking forward to it. It's it's a match. I feel like I think it's only happened once, but I feel like I've seen it a thousand times. But I would be surprised if anybody aside from the New Day walk out with the titles there. See, I'm just tired of the. I'll be honest, I'm tired of the New Day, man. Like I feel like they need they need something new with their gimmick. Because mm-hmm. I'm yeah, getting t- got, you know I'm getting tired of it. There's still like a lot of uh, I would guess older fans. Um, not calling you guys old or anything, mm-hmm. but a lot of older fans like who grew up in the '90s with wrestling are tired of their gimmick a little bit but they've got the john cena effect where kids still love them so much they make fart and poop jokes all the time and they, you know <laughs> sexual innuendos. Fart and poop joke, man. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know sexual innuendos to where like 
teenagers and preteens still love them. So they're still one of the top merch sellers out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they're only behind like maybe Cena and Reigns when it comes to merch sales. And that plays a big factor into it. And I think that's kind of the reason they're still in the position they're in. And I would, again, biggest show of the summer for WWE. I'd be surprised if anybody aside from them walks out with it. And I think at some point, we're going to have a roster shakeup, and we'll see some new contenders get moved over to SmackDown. Yeah, that is the rumor that's been kind of going around that the uh, Monday or Tuesday after uh, SummerSlam they're going to do that. But am I the only one who's worried that the that the uh, the Usos are going to pick like Xavier Woods and Francesca too? Because I, I tweeted that out yesterday, and nobody else seemed to think it was funny. It just seems like something that WWE would do to where uh, he has to wrestle with his trombone. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. I've seen WWE do dumber things. <laughs> yeah, no. But not I, in a title match like that. I think that would be something. But that, it's the pre-show. Like, uh, I think they'll do whatever to try to draw eyes there. But yeah, you're right. They probably won't. But just the the worried wrestling fan in me is like, okay, they're gonna do something stupid like that with this match just because they're dumb. They're jumping. The, they jumped the shark with that damn rap battle. Like, okay, right. Yeah. Like, okay. What about you, Mike? Uh, what are your feelings on that match? <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with Joe. I think the New Day wins. I, I don't think a whole lot of people care one way or the other, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, the tag team scene on SmackDown. Although, uh, you know, Brazango, the fashion police, have really won me over. With Favorite their, thing with about bits. SmackDown. I, yeah, I, I I really like Brazango. And so Stan. I would like to see the New Day uh, pivot away from the Usos, and they do a Brazango New Day, which would just totally be bad television. <laughs> that only probably I would like, so I, I think that uh, that that would be cool. And then hopefully they actually have like they can do all the dumb skits and the fashion file skits and stuff like that, and then actually have like a real serious match because all those guys can go in the ring; they're all really good. So oh yeah, that that would, that would be cool. But um, yeah, yeah, don't don't really care. Uh, I think the new day will win though. Okay, and uh, after that we have uh, Neville versus uh, Tazawa for the cruiserweight title. Uh, he just big surprise to me. He just won it on Monday night. I'm not sure why they would do that there, but uh, is this pretty much saying that he's going to get it back at SummerSlam? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he'll get it back. Although he's uh, so the, there is an argument to be made that Tozawa keeps it because Neville has already beaten everybody in that division. So it's like who else do they have? I mean, do they do they put him up against Cedric Alexander? He's not over. Do they put him up against Grand Metalik, who is fucking great? But I, I don't know that he's ever even been on Raw. So um, it's like, who do you put him up against? Maybe maybe you have uh, Tozawa get a little bit of a run here. But the whole Cruiserweight division, um, besides Neville, has been kind of a disaster. Like, the they are just not using those guys properly. Um, the the perfect person you put him up against is Hideo Itami. I think Itami, is, he's got to be close to a call-up. He, he was in NXT before even Finn Balor got there. Um, so I... I could honestly see him getting called up and thrown in the cruiserweight division. It would probably be better if it was to start out with Atami versus Tazawa, and then you could have Atami win the title and Neville challenge Atami. That way you have some fresh feuds going on, but I, I think he's the perfect guy to kind of revitalize that division. Yeah, yeah Roderick, Strong, Roderick Strong would be great too yeah. uh, if, if he came up. But, uh, Kyle uh, because uh, NXT is getting ready to be replenished. I know that... Um, they got Leo Rush coming in, Adam Cole just signed, Donovan Dijak signed, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, all half of Ring of Honor's roster is going to be on NXT yeah. soon. So I could I could totally see some guys from NXT going up. 
Yeah, it would be nice if Leo, I mean, obviously Leo Rush is going to be a cruiserweight. But they're also talking about possibly putting Alistair Black as a cruiserweight oh, as well. Yeah. That would be an awful choice. Yeah, I, I don't think he deserves it. Because he, if they're going to do that, I think that they should put someone like uh, Finn Balor as a cruiserweight. And I've been saying this for a yeah. while. Yeah, you've been. Uh, I just, if they put all of them as cruiserweights and then they all have get to have really good matches and then they treat it with respect, yeah, that would be great. But if they're going to bring Aleister Black up and put him on 205 Live, yeah, that would be a fucking disaster. Yeah, nobody watches 205 Live, and I think Alistair Black could be world champ one day. Yeah, yeah no, he, he could go. I've seen him a couple times, yeah. and uh, I really like what he does in the ring. I just think they're dropping the ball here with the cruiserweights, man. They, 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 there's so much that these guys can do in the ring, and we get what two matches on Monday night, and then a show on the WWE Network. Yeah, like okay, dude, you guys pumped this thing up, had a tournament for it, and now you're not doing shit do with you, it. They've been trying to get a third hour for, for SmackDown for a long time. Do you think that a full hour in in the middle of Smack not in the middle, but in the midst of SmackDown, like giving them, uh, like extending the SmackDown show, but giving them an hour of it, you think that would actually like be better mm. than having them on Raw? No. I, think, I mean, not to say that anybody should do what WCW did. However, they had a really good cruise rate um, division. And they could just have, you know, four or five matches each week on their television. If they're going to go three hours, they can just have them have, you know, good matches. And it doesn't have to be singles matches all the time. They can do six-mans and they can do, you know, tag team matches. But mix and match these guys all the time, bring up a good core, and then treat the, you know, cruiserweight title the same way that, like, the UFC treats, you know, the lightweight champion. I mean, Conor McGregor is their biggest star, and he weighs 170 pounds. So obviously, like you don't have to be humongous to be, you know, a big star. Uh, and being a cruiserweight isn't a negative. It's only a negative to the guys that are running the company. But nobody else sees it that way. It's just being treated that way. Would it help the division if they let them wrestle for other titles outside of the cruiserweight title, like for the tag team title, the U.S. title, stuff like that? <clears throat> well, then that would just weaken that division. They should just keep in that same division and go for that title, and then. Um, you know, guys in the WCW, I hate bringing up WCW, but guys like uh, Chris Jericho and other guys, they would be in the cruiserweight division for a while, and then they would they would leave the division and say, oh, he's put on weight, he's going to wrestle at heavyweight now, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of the same thing with, like, John Jones is the light heavyweight champion. The light heavyweight champion is 205 pounds, right? And now he's going to go up to heavyweight to fight Brock Lesnar. That's an easy story to tell. Yeah. Right? You don't have to be a rocket scientist to tell that story. So yeah, I, you could you could do that. I wouldn't make it a big habit, but if you really want that division to be huge, let some of you could let some of the stars, but they have to be treated as stars, and they have to be pushed on your main roster in, in big time positions. Yeah. Uh, okay, Joe, we'll, we'll get away from that right now. Convince me as to why I should be excited for Rusev versus Randy Orton. Can you do that, or is am I just uh, reaching here? I mean. Man, I I couldn't even convince myself to be excited for that. I I forgot that match was even happening. I just looked down and I was like, how am I going to squeeze this match in here? Mm. Oh, I'll try and get Joe to tell me why I should watch it. <laughs> Next. Um, well, all right. If if I'm trying to be the ultimate optimist and get myself pumped up, Lie to Rusev me, Joe. is a fantastic wrestler. He really is. And Randy Orton, when he's not lazy, is one of the best in-ring talents WWE has ever seen. It's a fresh matchup. I don't know if we've seen Rusev versus Randy Orton, but there's no story behind it. They just hate each other for some reason. Mm -hmm. Randy Orton's racist, and Rusev is a foreigner. 
So there, there may be some legit heat in the match. They could put on a great match, but the fact that I didn't even realize it was happening and I pay attention every single week. Yeah. I mean, I've, it would be all fake enthusiasm. So glass half full, I guess the worst thing that could happen is they surprise me. Yeah, and that's kind of like the same thing that happened with Cena and Corbin, right? I mean, there was no real point for this match to happen, and it's just happening. Yeah. They needed. They didn't have anything worked for them, so they just threw it. Like, because it was Rusev, he just kicked him as he was going into the back. Like, that was, yeah. that was that's their feud. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, about surpri- I'm about to surprise you guys, and I think that Cena-Corbin is going to be a really good match. How about that? Well, I mean, John Cena is historically good at SummerSlam. I yeah. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Hey. We we should have seen Corbin's downfall coming the moment they announced John Cena as his competitor for SummerSlam, though, because everybody knows that when an up-and-coming talent wrestles John Cena, their career is about to tank. Right. And I, I, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was you guys or somebody else that made a point about when once they let him fat shame uh, Baron Corbin, oh. like he knew, <laughs> he knew that. Uh, yeah, that was Ruan. That was this guy Ruan Ruan on uh, Twitter. He's one of my new fans. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was funny though. I thought that was pretty damn funny. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know what? I have. I'm just tired of John Cena. You know, I came I came back to wrestling late, and uh, after the whole CM Punk pipe, uh, pipe bomb, it didn't take long for me to not care about John Cena. But I I do give him that. He puts on good matches, man. Like he brings he the best has out of people. Great matches. But I just can't stand he, the guy. He does, he, and I think that Baron Corbin has a lot to prove. And Baron Corbin's problem—it's not athleticism. It's not that he can't have good matches because he can. It's that he's he's boring. He's got no personality. Um, I, I think that John Cena is a guy that could bring that out of him. And I think right now he has a lot to prove, especially with what happened this week. And if John Cena wants him to be able to prove that, mm-hmm. then it will happen at SummerSlam. If John Cena wants to elevate this kid, uh, kid, he's my age, if he wants to elevate him, then I, I, I think that he will do that. And I think that's what's going to happen. I got the perfect solution. Just throw a mask on him. <laughs> <laughs> the, okay, my thing about Baron Corbin is this, like, his his gimmick is that he's the lone wolf, right? Like, he's, he's by himself. He's like, But isn't that, like, the underlining... Uh, personality trait of 90% of the wrestlers is like that they're their own guy. They're, there's this tall talk, you know, isn't that kind of like they're just announcing what everybody's gimmick is, right? Like he's just. That's, yeah, it's every, you know, action movie in the 80s, you know, it's like, oh, this cop, he doesn't work well with a partner. Yeah. He's yeah. yeah he's, he's that guy. Does everybody have the same lone wolf voice or something? Or like, what's going on here? Well, it's, it's that, like, it's like more of the announcer. Like, it's this guy. He's a, he, he plays by his own rules. Yeah, they're all, they're all like, I need to be more like Danny Glover. And Lee <laughs> <laughs> that's what I need but, to do. But, Mike, you agree with me, right? That's kind of like a lame, yeah. that's a lame gimmick, right? Absolutely. Okay. He's got a lame theme song, and he's got a lame T-shirt and a lame name. Yeah. How about that? He's got the he, his T-shirt is what you see on the back of Mexican trucks. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's what it is, dude. It's a wolf howling at the moon. Like congratulations, dude. Real fucking original. I see that around here in Little Mexico every fucking day. Yeah. Well, and I would see it growing up there too on like. On like a white trash blankets, you know what I mean? Like you walk into <laughs> house, yeah. And like they have a blanket with a wolf on it, howling at the moon. Yeah, right. With incense burning. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. That's Barry Corbin's <laughs> team, man. He should just roll with that. 
Yeah. American immigrant, something like that. You know, you put a little something on it. Okay, uh, Joe, Finn, ba- Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, uh, should they have, my, my, my biggest gripe with it, like, I'm cool with the match. I'm fine with it. Uh, it's been interesting to me at least. But we knew the demon was going to be there, but why announce it? Yeah, you know, I, I really hated the way they announced it too. I, I love Bray Wyatt doing the, uh, the bloodbath on Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was really young when the brood was around. But it, I remember the Brood doing bloodbaths all the time, and it, it was cool and it was unique. It hasn't been done in a while, especially because WWE hates blood on TV. So I really loved that. But using that as an excuse for Finn Balor to pull out the demon, and they're even putting the demon Finn Balor on the graphic, I think is a little cheesy and a little overkill. I would have preferred, like it was an NXT, Balor just brought it out. Yeah. Like, why? You, you don't need a reason to bring it out. It's a big match. Bray Wyatt's going to push him to his limit, so he's going to bring out the demon. For him to come out and say, like, they exactly said it, I have my demons too. Next graphic, the demon Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt, mm-hmm. treating him like he's an entirely other person Yeah, I'm not a fan of. Yeah. I, I, that, I thought the same exact thing when I saw I it. I just don't get it, man. Like, Bray I saved Wyatt's it for the huge matches. Tame him. <laughs> yeah. That's a hot take, Fredo. That's a hot, hot take. <laughs> That's a hot, hot take. You good with that too, Mike? You good with the uh, the rollout, or you hate it? I I actually I, I enjoyed it. I, I think that uh, it's cool that they have a reason for him to to transition into a demon. Other than the fact that you know there's going to be a lot of people there. Oh, there's a lot of people there. Maybe I should put my makeup on. No, it's like he's got this inner demon inside of him, and there's got to be a reason why it's coming out. So I see it from the other point of view, and and I I'm a huge Finn Balor fan. I think it's great, and I think that the demon's great, and. Uh, the reason why they did it is, well, because people fucking like the demon. You know, it's yeah. a cool character. It's, it's, it's pretty it's cool, cool looking. And- well, no, I was saying more of like having the graphic right after that. I love the build up to oh, it. Yeah. But then like actually like announcing it with the graphic. That's where it's like, the, you oh, know, like let them just yeah. come out with it. Yeah, your bullshit meter kind of goes up. Um, it should have been like a surprise. However, they're selling merch. They're yeah, selling exactly. Tickets. I don't think SummerSlam's completely sold out yet. Um, so it just gives people one more reason to be there, but yeah, they were a little quick on the draw when, uh, when announcing it. I do agree with that. Yeah. All right. We got about 10 minutes here before you have to go. And I think we spent a little bit too much time on the damn cruiserweights. <laughs> fucking rig. Uh, okay. Not going to talk about big cast, big show. Cause who gives a shit? Uh, I think match of the night, potentially Re- Ambrose and Rollins versus, uh, Cesaro and Sheamus. Am I wrong? I think you're right. I, I think that will be a match of the night. Um, well, you know, I take it back. I think it'll be the second best match of the night. The match of the night, I think, will be the main event. Um, but, yeah, no, I think it's going to have awesome crowd heat. Those are four guys that can really work. I think it's going to be a great match. And I think Ambrose and Rollins are going to win. So, uh, And I think it'll get a huge pop. Yeah, you, you got uh, Ambrose and Rollins in that one too, Joe? Yeah, no, no reason for them to not win with the way they've built up the whole – on again, off again thing the last couple of weeks, and then having them beat the shit out of each other on Raw before finally officially teaming up. I'd I'd be surprised if they don't win. And really, I I think we see a full on Shield reunion at some point by the end of the year. Yeah, well, I, I kind of hope that they don't go that way. But you know, Survivor Series is around the corner, and that's where that type of shit happens. So uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, a good match. It's always a good match. I always enjoy watching Owens versus Styles. But this whole Shane McMahon in their thing is just going to make it a big old clusterfuck. Uh, yeah. I don't know why they have to do it this way. I wish if they were going to just have Owens versus 
uh, uh, Shane McMahon like they were talking about having planned. It was the opportunity to, was there. Why fuck with another match like this? Like, why can't we just have a clean finish between these two guys and mm. enjoy it? Because uh, WWE. Because sports entertainment, brother. Storylines. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Shane McMahon is a draw, and they want to get him on the show somehow. I, I, and they want they want to further along the feud with uh, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon, but they figure that most people would rather see AJ and Kevin Owens go at it. You add him to the mix. It adds a little note element to the story. And I would never fucking bet against AJ Styles in a big match. He's going to deliver. Uh, I think this will be you know, Love the third Styles. best match of the night, if not the second best match of the night. I, I think it's going to be awesome. And who knows, maybe Shane McMahon like jumps out of a helicopter or something. Yeah, but I'm, I'm fine with him. I think they're going to have a great match too. But Christ, let these guys just have a straight-up match where he pins him. Owens can still be mad about it and, and blame uh, Shane McMahon afterwards for, you know, whatever got him to that point. But let's just get a clean damn finish. No feet through a damn table. Uh, my shoulder was up and all this other bullshit. Let's just have something good, man. I'm just, I'm tired of all this stupid gimmicky shit that they're doing right now. Whoa. Damn. Man, you got I'm, about it. I'm serious, man, because I, I read a good point the other day. In, in New Japan, you watch New, New Japan Wrestling, uh, Ghetto, he doesn't have any type of crazy shit going on in his championship <clears throat> matches. I mean, yeah, they have stuff like uh, with, Kenny, with Kenny Omega and, and, the, and the Bullet Club come down, but they're not really getting involved other than, other than to set up a table. He likes to keep yeah. that straightforward, let them go, put on a good show, put on a good match, make the story about them, not about you know everything else outside of it. That's the way the WWE has always been, man. It's always been that way. It's just it's, if you if, if you want that kind of wrestling from WWE, watch Saturday nights instead of Sunday nights, because that's what you'll get in NXT. You're not going to get that on the main roster. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. I should get back into it, man, because uh, it's just getting hard to watch now. Uh, out of the women's matches, uh, anybody care for Natalia versus Naomi outside the fact that Carmella could possibly uh, uh, cash in the Money in the Bank? Nope. Um, <laughs> Natalia is going to set a record for uh, women's appearances on pay-per-view, so that's kind of notable. Yeah, she's just so boring, man, and uh, <laughs> she's just hard to watch. Like, I'm cool with Naomi. I'm not even really that big of a fan of her. I don't like what she did to the belt. I know people like that type of thing. But I hope Carmella cashes in, man. She's uh, she's interesting. She could go on the mic. She's not terrible in the ring, but uh, she's part of, like, the new wave of, of women coming up, and uh, I kind I kind of dig her. Plus, she's nice to look at. She is nice to look at. I'll give you that. Natalia has uh, – I wish they would let her uh, house show personality come out more because I got to see her uh, last year. They were at a house show here in Springfield, and she was fun and energetic. She was entirely different than we see on TV. I wish they would let that come out on TV a little bit more. Yeah. They should replace Owlsworth with Enzo. I mean, he's – I mean, I don't know. He might be trapped in a shark cage, so we'll <laughs> yeah. see him again after yeah. Sunday. All right, and uh, then we got Banks versus Bliss. Hopefully that one's good. Uh, they always put on, although they had that one show and it wasn't very good. And we, did you guys see the video of the kid slapping uh, Alexa Bliss's ass? Good for him. Hey, yeah, I, right? I'm, both, for I'm him. both jealous and appealed at the same yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way I'm just about jealous. That. I'm not appalled at all. Yeah. You, you have a shot, you take it. Uh, yeah, well, That's a different story. <laughs> all right. The two main events. First up, not, excuse me, Nakamura Mahal. Joe, Nakamura's winning this thing, right? If anybody aside from Nakamura wins, like if Mahal wins, 
Riot, I probably won't watch SmackDown again. <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm putting it out there. He'll watch. <laughs> He'll watch. Uh, um, I, I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joe. I didn't mean to. Uh, I was just going to say, I'll, I'll stop it on my DVR, and I won't pay attention again until Nakamura gets the title. <laughs> um, I, I, I think Nakamura wins. I, I don't see how they don't give him the belt. The only reason they would is if they want to do a longer series with uh, Jinder and Nakamura. But, dude, look, they were trying to build up the Indian market. They're not going to India now. Um, I know that AC's Ansari is coming to the show, and he's supposed to be there to support Jinder, but who gives a shit? I, I you know... Um, yeah, he, he's, he's a, from he's South even, Carolina. Yeah, he's, he's as not much even that, Indian as as gender is from Canada. Yeah. Right, he's not even that funny, yeah. honestly. And that program would suck because uh, the little the little bit that we did get to see on SmackDown, yeah, that wasn't very good at all, man. Uh, you can barely hear gender, and of course, you know Nakamura. He's Japanese. He doesn't speak English very well. Uh, so yeah, that would be hard to try to run that thing out there. But yeah, I think yeah. we're on we're on agreement here. Nakamura is going to win, and uh, it's pretty clear. And uh, if they don't, I'm breaking my. Well, I won't break my TV, but metaphorically, I'm breaking my TV <laughs> in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, the Fatal Four Way. This it's going to be fun, man. I don't like it, but it's going to be fun. Uh, Reigns, Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar. Is this the last time that we see Brock Lesnar in the WWE ring? <clears throat> you know, according to the whole, you know, if, if I lose, I'm leaving. No, because uh, apparently the Barclays Center already spoiled the main event, and uh, they advertised Brock Lesnar as appearing on Monday Night Raw. And uh, they also advertised him as appearing uh, next year at SummerSlam in 2018. So I think he wins, and I, set, I think they set up a uh, Braun Strowman-Brock uh, Lesnar match at uh, Clash of Champions next month. Braun is the man. Yeah, I wish they would have had those two face each other you know, here, I, I, it, like I said, it's going to be fun, but I would have much rather just seen those two little, or little, those behemoths <laughs> go at it. I love, bro, like, everything, the build-up to him, I love that his intro is just him yelling. Like, they don't even need anything else, it's just him. Like, oh, like I love everything about what they're doing with him. Like, he's, he's awesome. Yeah, he's great. And he reminds me of uh, the guy from uh, Bloodsport and uh, Revenge of the Nerds, the big guy with the beard. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah he, he's great. He reminds me of that guy. That guy's awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that he should be world champion. I think he should be their next Hulk Hogan. I, I really do. I think he's got everything. Yeah, so, okay, so you believe the same thing too, right, Joe? Yeah, no, I, I mean – I love this main event because for the first time in a long time, I really have no idea who the hell is going to win. I would put the title on Braun Strowman on Sunday night. Yeah. I really would. Yeah, I think that would be that I would be great, Brad. and I think the crowd would, uh, would pop for that. Win, yeah. uh, most, yeah. most importantly, though, during this match, and this is what I'm really interested about, I know that they were t- kind of angling on ESPN with uh, John Jones to possibly be there front row for that match. Is has he has anything been said about him being there, or are they trying to? Just, Keep their cards, uh, you know, close to the vest. Uh, John Jones says he wants to be there, and I'm pretty sure that uh, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman want him to be there, and I think the UFC wants him to be there. I don't think Vince McMahon would want him to be there. I, I think that he wants to focus on his product and his show, and I don't think that he would want to try to give publicity to the UFC because uh, the only reason he's doing this is to let Brock Lesnar have his cake and eat it too. Um, with all that uh, said. 
I guess there's a chance, and I would love to see it. That would be a really cool visual to see John Jones at a wrestling event and confront Brock Lesnar at the end of the show. That'd be great. Yeah, but didn't they already do that with with Ronda Rousey uh, at at WrestleMania? He doesn't have a problem, you know, running them out there. Uh, no, but they were trying to bring Ronda Rousey on their show because Ronda Rousey's a wrestling fan. Uh-huh. Uh, John Jones would be there s- simply to uh, publicize his fight with Brock. Yeah. Um, R- Ronda was really not getting anything out of the WrestleMania appearance. It wasn't advertised. It wasn't anything. Um, it was just kind of a cool moment, and it was going nowhere. Um, they were just trying to build a relationship with her. I doubt that the WWE really cares about John Jones, and I don't think they see him as that big a star. Yeah. Um, as as Ronda Rousey is. Um, well, they're so kind of dumb on that they, part then. Yeah, I, I disagree with them, but Vince, you got to understand, Vince McMahon and Triple H, they don't watch UFC. They they know who Ronda Rousey is and they know who Conor McGregor is. I think that they would probably have to have John Jones explain to them, honestly. Yeah. And now they all know who Mike Gilbert is. <laughs> all right. We're going we're gonna to let you guys get out of here. Uh, hey, everybody out there, be sure. Go on Twitter. Follow uh, at the Pod Express, uh, at Joe Gilbert 1992 at Get Up Mike. Listen to the show. They usually put it out on Thursdays. It's always a good listen, especially if uh, you, you, know, you like your UFC, you like your wrestling, and whatever else they decide they want to talk about that day. But uh, he'll be, I'm sure, getting more in-depth to, uh, to his little ongoing feud with Baron Corbin. And... Uh, have some some more information on SummerSlam. So go go find them, listen to them. They're all over the place, man. But yeah, go follow them, show them some love. <laughs> cool. Hey, all right. Hey, thanks, guys, man. Good show as always. And, yeah. Uh, I'll talk to you real soon. Thanks. All right, guys. Take, Take care, easy, guys. Mike and Joe. Later. There you have it, Woo. Mike and Joe. I'm telling you, man. I mean, we talked to them for a long time, but there's really not a lot going on. And it's actually a big a, a big weekend for wrestling fans, and I really did want to hear because there's more to that story yeah. that Mike has, and I know he wanted to, he needs to hold on to a little bit because they have their own show to do. But uh, man, I would just tune in and look for it because you can't really go back and see all the tweets because, like he said, he deleted the tweets. Yeah, He's so got screen captures of it. Though. There are screen captures of that, but I'm talking like he said he got a he, thousand. He. <laughs> yeah, they they were going after him. That was only six tweets, and that was just between them. Yeah. It's the stuff that people were saying because it divided people. Yeah, people, some people were saying, you know, hey, thank you for your service and all this other stuff, which is great. And then other people were like, why you pulled the military card? Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, what a bitch move! Yeah. And I I see both sides of it. Yeah. I see both sides of it. But uh, he's my friend. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna give him a hard time as far as like being my yeah. friend and pulling it. But I respect him. Because you've known him since you were like. I've known him since I was like five. Yeah. Five years old. My favorites were the ones that were calling you stupid idiot. Yeah, yeah. No, I tried to. I I just tried to flame to like flame it on him. I didn't realize that it was already gonna blow up that big. No, like because we literally saw it real time. Like when I saw it, was like ten minutes into the comments. So like, and then you had like it was like thirty minutes into the comment, you had said something like pulling the military car. Like you just made like a and then I just tried to throw out some fake racism. Yeah, but it wasn't really fake racism. What I wanted to do was say. You know, tell him why he didn't want to stand next to uh, our truth. <laughs> and then, you know, some people were saying some things. You know, I wanted them to take it that way. Because yeah. then I wanted to reverse racism then yeah. and tell them, well, it was because little Jimmy was standing next to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I did, say, I did say it back when only two guys had gone to it. And I was like, damn it, I was hoping more people were going to say something. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it really is amazing what happened, man. And, and like he said, 
His name showed up on a couple dirt sheets. I'm sure this is going to blow up a little bit more. And only time will tell that if it really, that it really, really, really was him. Because that shit is the type of shit that leaks out of uh, locker rooms all the time. Yeah, that's like that's kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back type yeah. of stuff, right there. Like he's already like kind of marked as that guy, and then like, all right, now you're you're bagging one of our military guys. Like, come on, yeah. you're done. I mean, he had a picture with Vince McMahon. They retweeted him. <laughs> and, and, and he tagged WWE in it. Like, he yeah. tagged. <laughs> yeah. uh, he knew what he was doing. Like, <laughs> I just, I, I was just laughing so hard because he, I don't see him in that situation pulling the military card. I mean this when I say it. Like, Mike is He's an not asshole. that guy. Mike is an asshole. Mike doesn't do that. Mike will say something back to you. Yeah. I think Mike was just. Was just I don't know. Mike wasn't thinking. I th- like I th- he said, he wasn't thinking when he did it. It well, just no, happened. I think I th- he said it. The word "loser" triggered him. Yeah, and that's I mean, like like he said, like look, like like he just he doesn't want to be lumped in with these fans. He feels proud of his life and what he's done. So he's no, just like I don't think that it's like, that he doesn't want to be lumped in with the fans. I think he's his point was that. Uh, he the, he wanted, the type of thing that, that Baron Corbin said to him he wanted to is give how good names all of the yeah. other fans are typecasted. Yeah. Just because they go to these shows, that's what happened. Yeah. So I totally get it. I totally get it. It's funny he pulled the card. I don't care about it. I'll give him shit. You know, like I said, he's my friend. I'll give him shit about yeah. it. But other people were really seriously pissed off at well, him. I mean, yeah. And then other people were just like, it's you know, Twitter. People the think troops. take everything so serious. Yeah. Like, it's life and death. Yeah. It's amazing, man. Like, it's, it's funny. Like, the whole thing is just funny to me, man. Like, it. I just uh, just tune in tomorrow and listen to it. Uh, but that's going to do it for us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Um, yeah, tune in next week. And I hope we, I, I, for Fredo, Rick, whatever. I'm, I'm just still laughing about that. Yeah. Uh, what? What? Huh? That's cute. <laughs> no, but uh, next week we'll we'll be talking some more uh, preseason football with you. You get week two coming yeah. in, so you get a little bit more more gameplay. Mm-hmm. We'll be recapping uh, SummerSlam a little bit, probably with uh, Mike and Joe. And uh, who knows? Maybe you know what I want to do? I want to take a little look into our our uh, baseball uh, predictions. Predictions, you know, see how we're looking right now baseball. with a little bit a little bit over a month left. Well, I mean, I know both of our World Series. You're Houston Dodgers. I'm Red Sox Dodgers. All four, our three teams have mm-hmm. are looking really good right now. Yeah. Dodgers are in the the, the driver's seat. Uh, Houston is leading uh, the AL, but the Red Sox they hit that hot hot streak. Like I taught like two weeks ago, I said mm-hmm. after that they rolled off eight straight. Uh, yeah. They're only, what, two or three games behind Houston for the best record yeah. in the AL, so they're right there. They're, and, and, I mean, the Dodgers are 50 games over 500, man. Think about uh, that. They're all, they uh, were – they were on pace for 114 wins. Yeah, they've lost a few, a couple, yeah. but it's I mean, crazy what's been going on, man. Like yeah. it's so hard to believe. Me and Fred were talking about this the other night on the way home. Just like I, I don't even want to talk about it because uh, <laughs> I don't want to jinx anything, man. I don't want to jinx anything. I mean, uh, but do you really feel like any anything you say or do has any effect on? Yeah, what the I'm outcome? that fan, dude. You really, I'm you that really fan. Believe that? I'm, like, the, I'm, I'm still the guy that thinks that the Raiders haven't won a Super Bowl because I was born. <laughs> I, they haven't. They haven't won. Super, they won. They won the year I was born. A couple of days before I I was born. Yeah. And they haven't won one since. And you got to die for them. Yeah. To, in order for them to win, I feel like I have to die. <laughs> the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, I have to sacrifice myself. <laughs> yeah, like that. I'll, be, I'll, I'll die. That's why I imagine uh, Joey Ryan's dick sounds like. 
<laughs> bringing it all together. Yeah, it all back. It all all right, we're going to end it on that note on Joey, Joey Ryan's day. Uh, so, yeah, tune in next week. We'll try and do better. Rick, Fredo, Mike, <laughs> thanks for listening. Bye. So, you're going to end it yes. on Joey Ryan's dick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.